Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Today, we're going to talk about differentiating with your ELL students and how to work through both the planning, implementing, and assessing the different things that are happening in your regular classroom so that you can plan lessons that will integrate your ELLs as simply and easily as possible. Hi, my name is Patty, and I am a teacher here on Ontario, Canada, and I'm also the teacher author behind madlylearning.com. And every single Monday night, we have a new video that comes out that is all for teachers in the junior grades. And it is our hope that through these videos, we can help make teaching and learning more fun and engaging for both you and your students. So again, we're talking all about ELLs in your regular classroom and how you can plan, implement, and assess those ELLs and create an environment that integrates them easily into the activities that you're already doing in your classroom. One of the things I do not support, and I will put myself on the line here, is I do not support a completely separate program for ELLs in a regular classroom. They need to be integrated as much as possible. This really means that we need to be embracing a universal design approach in our classroom and understanding that what's good for some is good for all. Now, we probably don't just have one or two ELLs in our classroom. We probably have students that are on the ESL continuum throughout our classroom. And we also probably have students with special education needs. That means that we need to really look holistically at how we plan our lessons to ensure that there is multiple entry points for the variety of needs that are in our room. Specifically, we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do to integrate those ELLs a little bit more easily into your regular programming. So the first is, let's look at the planning stage. When we are sitting down to plan our lessons, there are things and lesson types that we can choose that will make our lessons more accessible for the ELL students in our classrooms. And these are just simple tweaks that we can do in how we present the material to our student, how we plan our lessons, what we choose to do in our classroom that will automatically make what we do just that more accessible, which will then in turn simplify what you're doing because you won't have to do completely separate activities for the different different needs that are in your room. So the first question you need to ask is, are your lessons accessible? Can students with a variety of learning needs access what's happening in your classroom? Do the lessons have multiple entry points? Or is there simply a very narrow way that your student can be successful? Does it allow for students to use their skill set in order to complete that activity? For example, if you have students writing every day, do you have a very narrow focus on what makes writing successful in your classroom? Or are you providing more of an open-ended choice as to what writing could look like for your students? If you are simply allowing your students to write their best work, it means that students that are their best work currently is lists, as such an ELL who's at a step one or two, they might be working on simple pattern sentences written in a list. Does this allow for those students to be successful? 
Or do you have a very limited and narrow focus on what it is that success looks like? The second question that you need to look when you're planning your activities is how much visual support is included? Are, am, how am I able to include visual support? Whether it's just talking, but can I include some pictures or illustrations? When I am doing a picture walk, am I showing the students and labeling the information that we're seeing? Am I pre-teaching vocabulary and does that vocabulary have images that go along with it? Is focusing on those images a primary focus of what we're using in our classroom? If I look around my room, how many words versus pictures are displayed in my room? These are questions that we can ask ourselves because the more visual support that we have for our students, the better. One of the ways you can do this is even looking at some of the procedures that are happening in your classroom. Your classroom calendar and schedule. Does it simply just say math or is there some form of color or image that is associated with the word math? So when you have math on your daily calendar, are math pages just in blue? So when I see the blue card, I know blue is math. Or do you have an image where you have a picture beside the word math that has numbers or a calculator? Is there some way to differentiate that that word math is different from science or social studies so that students can begin to associate the color or the image with the word in your classroom? You can also input first language L1 labels in your classroom if you have a dominant first language that is beyond English in your room. You can include those L1 labels around your room for common things that might be there, such as your manipulatives or your materials that students will use every day, or even things like the washroom pass or helping to get students used to things like survival language that will help them be successful. Another aspect that you can look at when you're planning is, is there some scaffolding in place that allows students to use, say, a graphic organizer to chunk their work and to simplify this? Using graphic organizers as the final product for an ELL or special education students will allow you to have students that are kind of getting on that train and coming along. So if you're introducing concepts and you're beginning to show them how to use that with a graphic organizer and your goal is to move them off of that graphic organizer or take the stuff, the contents in their graphic organizer and then move them into say a paragraph or a report writing, for your ELL students, you can continue to just use that scaffolded graphic organizer as their final product to help them structure and format any responses that they may need. We can allow them to do things like simplify their language or what it is they're writing within this organizer, but we have that already embedded in the flow of learning so that we can just use that and allow them to stay in that area instead of moving to say step three or four in the process. Finally, in the planning stage, can you ask for help? Is there an ELL teacher or a teacher that has experience working with ELLs in the classroom that you can approach or ask for help when it comes into the planning phase to look at some of the lessons that you have planned and allow you to support you in delivering those lessons in a more universal design approach? There are many ways that you can simply take what you're already doing and tweaking it slightly 
to make it more accessible to your students. Many teachers will use a read aloud, a novel read aloud book at some point in time in their classroom. One of the ways we can take that novel read aloud and tweak it slightly is to create picture based activity pages that will allow our students to track what it is that we're reading. So by chapter by chapter, some of the things we can do is to take pictures of the characters or create an image that we use that goes with that character. And students can then, as they're listening, they can identify when they hear the name, they can associate that with a visual. So it allows them to kind of keep that information in their head. We can also provide students that will struggle with that orally. We can provide them with the text so that they can read the words as we're reading it aloud. Not every student will need the text in front of them, but simply taking that chapter book and posting it on your smart board so that everyone can see the text and they can follow along as you read it, or they have it in their hand so you give some students their own copy of the text. It will allow them to associate the words that they hear with the text that is on the paper. Using anticipation guides or character cards that are associated with that chapter will help you to determine, will help you to support your ELLs when you are reading things such as a chapter book. Next, we can look at the instructional stage. What's actually going to happen when we are delivering content to our students? Number one, we need to understand that the ELLs in our class may not access 100% of the material that we are presenting. However, we should keep them in our class and we should keep them focused on the learning because we do want to immerse them in the language and allow them to participate at whatever ability level they are. So if they are struggling, if they are new speakers, we want to immerse them and engage them in any way that we can that allows them some participation. Understanding that entire time that we may not get 100%. They may not know 100% of what's happening. They may not be able to access 100% of the content that we have to be teaching every single day. But can they get the gist? Are we able to engage them in that learning and Remember that their goals, especially at the beginning stages, are to be immersed in the language. Ensuring that we have visuals when we're teaching is going to be imperative. Have we already made sure that there are pictures associated with what we are doing? Are we not just orally asking our students to do things, but also having that written down on the board? Have we created lists of steps that we want our students to follow? Have we made what it is that we're doing in our room accessible for those students? We can also allow for the L1 in our classroom, regardless of whether the classroom teacher speaks the student's L1 or not. If we are learning about forms of energy, we can allow our students to find and watch videos in their L1 to allow them to learn the concepts of that topic. We can also allow students to speak with each other in their L1 in our classroom to help support what it is that they're doing. Allowing that to come into our classroom, allowing them to express their ideas in themselves, not only in our their L1, but also in their L2. If you have an ELL that has strong first language literacy skills, you can even accept 
them to write their words, to write their answers in their L1 for you and hand it in. We do have the tools and the capacity to use things such as Google Translate and Apple Translate if you have an iPhone to use the camera feature to translate what it is the students have written. Will we get 100% of the content of what the students write? No, probably not. Will it provide us with a gist that the student generally understands the concepts being taught? Yes. Another strategy we can use at the instructional stage is to be conscious of the words that we are using when we speak. To speak as plainly as possible for our students to aid in the comprehension of the variety of the learners in our classroom. We can speak, but we can also write it down as to what is happening in our room. We can watch the types of sentence structures that we're using and to really look at simplifying how it is that we are speaking and delivering instructions. While we can't always simplify all of our language, we can make sure that the tasks that we're presenting to students when we're giving instructions, that we can provide those to students in step-by-step -step lists that are chunked and presented in simple, plain English so that it's easier to understand or to get the gist of what it is we're saying for our ELL students in our room. Finally, when we're looking at the assessment stage, some of the things that we can do is to allow our students to try the different activities that we have presented. Even if they're only going to get a partial understanding of what's happening, we can still allow them to try, provided that there is some open access to the learning. We can simplify the expectations. We can replace the word describe with the words identify to help to modify those expectations and simplify what they're doing. ELL students should be modified at grade level where we are simplifying the expectation or eliminating some of the complexity of the expectations that are present in our curriculum. We can also accommodate for students and allow for a variety of ways that students can present the information that they understand. Demonstration tasks and oral interviews are my two favorite ways to assess a student's understanding of what it is that they are learning. Reducing the amount of written ideas that our students are assessed on, unless we are specifically assessing writing skills, creating opportunities for students to demonstrate their understanding in different ways when we are not assessing writing will help to differentiate for our students who will struggle with written output to explain their ideas. Allowing for things such as oral interviews, whether you are specifically having a conversation with the students, asking questions with them answering, or when you have students answering in a video format where they're simply just recording their answer for you will allow you to differentiate and get more students an opportunity to demonstrate their learning. Many of our ELLs will have their oral language skills develop much faster than their reading and writing skills. So using things like allowing them to use their oral language skills to demonstrate their understanding will be more successful for them while they are still developing their understanding of the reading and writing in English. For many of our step one and step two ELLs, our goal here is to get them to understand the big ideas and the gists of the learning that is happening 
in our classroom? Do they understand the key concepts? Will they understand all of the details or some of the complexity? Perhaps not. Perhaps they do not have the language yet to gather all of that information. But we have to remember that many of our ELLs are working at grade level. They just don't have the English to be able to get that information yet. So we do need to present the information to our ELLs. We need to give them the opportunities to learn and we need to open up the access that they have to demonstrate the understanding of the things that we're teaching. So hopefully in those three areas, you've got a few more ideas of how you can make your lessons, your instructions, and your assessment simpler and easier for your ELLs so that you can embed and integrate them into what it is that you're already doing. Thank you so much for joining me and we will see you next week for another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry Live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry Live.